Welcome to LPO, Landing Page Optimization. Landing Page Optimization expert, Tim Ash, is here to show you what it takes to create optimal landing pages. LPO brings you detailed case studies, opinions, and analysis from the leaders of landing page optimization. Now here's your host, Tim Ash. Welcome, loyal listeners. This is Tim Ash, your host for LPO, Landing Page Optimization. And today I'm continuing my conversations with thought leaders in the conversion space space rather with Aaron Moz, the head of Moz Media. Welcome, Aaron. Thanks, Tim. It's good to be here. Yeah, well, and uh, you recently spoke at uh, one of our conversion conference events. Uh, why don't you tell the folks a little bit about what you do for those that are not familiar with you? Sure. So <clears throat> our firm helps organizations that do marketing online uh, collect data on their marketing campaigns and on their customers, how they interact with their brand online. Um, we then analyze that data and find insights about how to make better business decisions and how to provide a better uh, user experience to those customers and about how to sell more online. All right. Well, that's, that's a great uh, segue. I mean, I think that um, you know, one of the things we talk about in conversion rate optimization is what exactly are you optimizing? It's such a broad thing. So there are obvious things like uh, sales or gross margin uh, or profit margin in, in an e-commerce scenario. Then there's touchy-feely stuff. Uh, and in between, there's downloads and form fills and things like that. So you're actually talking about measuring the impact of branding campaigns and and the things that don't have necessarily a well-defined goal and from a conversion perspective. Is that right? Uh, absolutely. That's that's uh, correct. And that often becomes the case because um, only about 2 to 3% of all website visitors will ever convert online. So the question then remains, what about the remaining 97 98%? What do they do? Have you influenced them in any way to prefer your brand, either online or offline? Okay, well, that's a, what's that, um, the old joke, I forget who said it, I think one of the founders of modern advertising, but he said, you know, half of my uh, ad spend is wasted, I just don't know which half, right? Uh, so, okay, so we're in this unaccountable land of, uh, well, it would traditionally has been unaccountable of, of branding impact. So let's talk about that for a minute. How do you measure? What what are some typical um, you know, even ways to talk about measuring the impact of branding campaigns or awareness campaigns? Well, the the usual way, um, lacking any real granular data, is to conduct a survey pre and post campaign. Right, so pre-campaign, they do this in election polls too. Right, today's election day. Uh, are you likely to vote for this person, or are you likely to buy this product? And then after your campaign, run the same survey and, and do the exit poll. Right, exactly. Exactly. Okay. All right. So before and after kind of surveying. Okay. Well, that's. Uh, but on online, we have you know more powerful tools because we can actually watch what people are doing on our website or our landing page. Do you actually um, you know, get more granular measures you know, if they're on the web? Yes, exactly. So we, we will track anything and everything that we can that we think that might be related to a purchase or a conversion. And then we look at how correlated those micro-conversions, if you will, 
are to the actual conversion itself. Okay, well, why don't you just give us an example? Take a, one of your recent clients. You don't have to name the client, but you know, tell us the, the kind of the, their business goal and what specific things you were measuring on the site. Sure. So, for a large telecom client, um, we first made sure that we were tracking everything that we could that was relevant about the online user experience. Um, and then we collected data over a couple months on user interactions with those key website actions, and we looked at their correlations to a conversion event. And some of these micro-conversions, if you will, might be um, viewing a product page or uh, downloading a comparison of um, product prices with competitor product prices or viewing a video. We look okay, at all so cons- consuming content, downloading things, uh, navigating to different parts of the page. So all of that can kind of be put into a model, which you then score to predict whether they're ultimately going to have that bottom of the funnel conversion. Is that the basic idea? Exactly. Okay. Well, so um, and that that model is uh, how do you build that up? Is that something along the lines of? Uh, your typical you know, linear regression model, just see how much these factors weigh in? Yeah, for the most part, uh, you have to have a certain amount of data to begin with. Some smaller businesses out there might need to collect data for a longer period of time before they have enough statistical significance to develop a model like that. But regression, that's how we do it pretty much. And then we weight different um, outcomes against each other, normalizing for data, and we, we develop a model mainly based on past experience. Okay, well, so uh, for all of our listeners that are scared of math and ran away from statistics and probability class, folks, we're not talking about anything real hard. We're just saying, like, all the things that happen on the site, um, which ones are correlated with the ultimate outcome we want to achieve which ones are good predictors and some are better predictors so you weigh them more some are worse predictors so you don't give them as much weight is that basically the idea exactly well good so um, and what kind of predictive um, value can you get from that how accurate uh, can these models be again so like you say this is based on having sufficient data so this is probably better for mid-sized to larger businesses but if assuming you have the data you need what kind of predictive accuracy do you have with a kind of bottom of the funnel conversion of them? Well, that's a good question, actually. Um, nothing is 100% predictive. So um, we look at which actions people take are more likely to be found in the path of someone who converts as opposed to what is the likelihood of this person to convert? So we could we can never really say to a client, this person is 90% or 98% likely to convert unless they were actually on the thank you page after having converted. <laughs> well, yeah, then you're pretty much certain about the outcome. It's exactly. already happened. So, but, so what, what do you give them? Are you saying uh, this, is it just a qualitative assessment or is it, or are the, I mean, shouldn't a model spit out a number? Absolutely, yeah. That's what we drive for is developing um, a model that can result in one number that we can assign to a visitor to a website either based on a repeat visit or during the 
uh, duration of their first visit, um, as they experience your site and your content, how much more likely are they to convert at a certain point? We can get relatively close. Like we can tell that <clears throat> the difference between whether someone who is old might be less likely to convert than someone who is young, or someone is who clicks on a uh, PDF download is more likely to convert than someone who just views a video. Um, serve them different contact dynamically. Perhaps we can get that granular, but when someone hits your site, we can't really say. But the benefit of this is that it's better than flying completely blind. At least you have some direction to go on. Okay, well, I've always talked about kind of the the holy grail of, of one-to-one marketing, and to me, it involves knowing uh, things like um, the the stuff you know from the browser, you know their operating system, where they're located with IP lookup and things like that, objective information, if you will. And then there's some you might be able to append company information that you know about them across past visits and out of your customer relationship management. And then there's the you know the behavioral targeting and what you're talking about, which is actually watch what they're doing on the site. That can be used in isolation since they're still anonymous, right? Mm-hmm. That's the advantage of it is it can be applied universally. You don't have to actually know about them. Exactly. I think the more the more information that you can collect on visitors, the better, because then the more attributes you have to analyze. But it it actually doesn't have to be that complicated. You can, it can be very simple. Someone who makes it as far as your contact page after they visited your products and services page might be 10 times more likely to convert than someone who just visited your contact page. It okay, so you're looking at sequencing of pages as well, you know, and uh, whether they there's a kind of a prerequisite. Did they look at something before doing something else and that sort of thing, right? Exactly. And how you identify those key website actions that people might take that would be more likely to be found in, in the path to conversion is just simply asking yourself, why would somebody take these actions? Why would they visit this page? And then why would they visit this page next? These these all, I think, begin with, um, they lead to generating an hypothesis that you would then test. Okay, well then we're, we're um, back to using Greek words, so I think it's probably time for a commercial break, but when we come back, uh, let's talk a little more detail about exactly how to build that hypothesis. Uh, this is Tim Ash, your host for LPO, Landing Page Optimization, and we'll be back in two minutes. More LPO, Landing Page Optimization, in just a moment. How far do your ads reach? You don't have to fly around the world for the right consumers and clients to find your business. What you need is profit through performance. Location 3 Media helps you to increase your brand's findability and performance. Let Location 3 Media help you create efficient and effective online marketing campaigns that fit your needs and get you results. We know every click starts a journey. Where will your brand be on the path? Visit Location3Media.com. 
Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Radio's Virtual Autobahn. WebmasterRadio.fm. Moving at the speed of light. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Welcome back to LPO, Landing Page Optimization, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Tim Ash. And we're back. This is Tim Ash, and today I am speaking with Aaron Moz of Moz Media. And Aaron, before the break, we were just talking about, okay, exactly what parts of the site should we flag? And you were saying it's largely based on kind of, sounds like visitor intent, or if they went to a contact page, why would they go to a contact page and what upstream things can we tag as predictors of that? Does that sound right? Mm-hmm, exactly. As an example, so can you give us a, well, give us a for instance, why would I go to a contact page? What other content on the site might have I looked at before that and what does that say about my intentions? Mm-hmm. Well, let's say somebody is back on your site for a second time and they go directly to the contact page. It's possible that they're just looking for technical support or they have a problem with their shipment, um, they're already a customer, and that's why they are on your contact page. But if someone either were on your site for the first time or are on the site for a second or third time, and they view a product page, maybe a description of your products and services first, and then they go to your contact page, you might theorize... I think in this with some level of accuracy that you could then test that this person is interested in your products and services and then about finding out how to contact you about those products and services. Okay, so there's the difference between them um, having checked out your you – know, basically what they did before they took the micro-conversion. So it might be uh, – if they went to your return policies page, that probably means it's about a current order. If mm-hmm. um, if they haven't bought anything from you yet, but they're on a product detail page, like you say, that probably shows some intent to buy or some unanswered questions anyway about some of your products, right? Exactly. And one of the things that y- another – And so what kinds of things would you – no, please go, go ahead. Yeah, no, I just uh, – <clears throat> Well, an analog to this might be – uh, counting cards, for instance, in blackjack. So as someone comes to your site 
depending on where they came from, whether they searched, what pages they visit, you're adding and subtracting points. And the more points they get, depending on what they're actually doing with your site, the more likely they are to be to convert. Or you could be subtracting points based on the things that they do. And that's the number that we try to develop as part of the statistical modeling that we do. But if you think about it as sort of counting cards, then I think it makes some sense. Okay, so counting cards for those of you that aren't uh, big gamblers. I know that, that Aaron's in Philadelphia near Atlantic City, and I'm sure he gets out to Vegas a bit. But uh, is uh, the, the idea that you can kind of predict when a deck is hot, when there are cards that are likely to come up that are be more advantageous for you, uh, you like certain cards, you don't like them. And if you're really good and keep track of the cards in the deck that have been shown already, you can kind of predict if it's slightly skewed in your favor. Is that the basic idea? Yes, exactly. So it's like you say, it's not like you could ever say, oh, okay, the next card that's going to come up is going to be an ace or anything like that. It's it's more like there's a 2% advantage or 2% increase in the likelihood that it'll be something that'll help me. Exactly. And with course, analytics, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully with analytics, we can get better, you know, advantages than the tiny, tiny lifts in, in gambling, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. So, so, so give us some specific examples, um, maybe of uh, what um, someone used this kind of modeling for. Um, and I want to take it to the next level, which is, okay, understanding that they had a good predictive model, what did they do with that information? That's another good question. So without ever having to do anything with that information, um, having the model allows you to look at what aspects of your website are doing better than others. So there's, there are going to, if you ever wonder, well, is my blog um, – is my blog helping convert my customers or is the uh, eight-minute video I just put on my website, is that helping convert visitors? You would, using this kind of analysis technique, you would be able to find out whether those pieces of content are actually having some impact on conversion. Okay, so that would be, um, uh, again, just from my understanding of regression models and how they work and I'll save you guys the trouble of trying to get a PhD in computer science. Uh, basically, I, first of all, we can tell what whether a particular piece of content we're tracking on the site had a positive or negative effect, right? First thing you want is directional. Did it help or hurt, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then we should also, let's assume we're looking only for positive effects and we get rid of the stuff that's undermining conversions. Then you can also tell you know, which one have a bigger effect than others, not necessarily by how much, but which ones have a, a bigger positive effect. It can rank order whether the video is more important than the download. Exactly, exactly. And if, and if, the, numbers, um, if the numbers demonstrate that your video has no impact on conversion or very little, then that would be an indication to you maybe not to invest so much time in it, or maybe it's just a sucky video. Or, or maybe you, you demote it from an embedded player to a smaller thumbnail so you recover that screen real estate for something you know is working. Exactly, right. You need to prioritize, especially for businesses that don't have a lot of resources. You need to prioritize where you spend your time. 
Yeah, and so it's a part of it is developing that additional content. But I assume, presumably, if you have a white paper or video, you've already developed it. Then the question is, should it be there or not? Is it having the impact that that you predicted? But I guess my question is, and how is this that different from just doing a test? Why don't I just try it with the video on or off, right? And yep. see which one does better. Yep. So so when so when this kind of information gets really powerful. <clears throat> is when you're tracking and collecting this information in real time and calculating the score in real time, then with some content management systems um, and other tools, you might be able to dynamically serve content to individual visitors on your site based on what their score is. So for instance, if someone is in the early stage of the buying process, they just heard about your company and they're on your site, they're not ready to buy yet. So you might want to show them content about what makes your product different from your competitors. But if someone is on your site and ready to buy, then they are more likely to respond to an offer, like a on, you know, limited time only, buy in the next 30 minutes and get um, you know, $10 off. This is the sort of thing that you can do with predictive analytics. Okay, now, so this, this again, sounds like something, you know, maybe bigger companies are involved in. So let's talk about when does this become practical or useful? I don't necessarily mean the kind of clients you guys would want as an agency, but um, if I were to do this at home, as it were, how small of a business could I be? How much, how much traffic do I need to build, uh, say, a relatively simple model, and what kind of tools would I need to swap out content on the fly based on that? kind of lead score or visitor score? Mm -hmm. Um, Well, some of this stuff might be sort of aspirational, but I don't think we need, we're not talking about millions of visitors or data points. It could really just be hundreds of data points. And look at those data points, ask yourself some questions about what the data might be telling you, and then you could manually provide a customized website experience for people who fit into certain segments, like whether they're on the East Coast or West Coast, or in a cold part of the country or a warm part of the country. If you're selling apparel, you don't want to show discounts for T-shirts in Alaska during the okay, winter. Okay, so you're, so you're saying that, okay, once you've built the model, assuming you have enough data to, to build the kind of a simple model, then you don't have to do this at the level of the content management system or swap it out dynamically. You could uh, basically look at more objective indicators of where they're coming from, like uh, you know, via IP targeting or things that are available in any browser, and then just swap out content based on that. Exactly. Or return visitors with uh, based just on a, whether a cookie has been set versus first-time visitors. Exactly. So, so what I hear you saying is basically start small and uh, try it manually, see if that improves performance, and and then if you need to invest in a more you know, dynamic setup or dynamic content management system than you can. Exactly. All right, well, good. We're going to um, take another commercial break here. And after we come back, I want to hear about uh, all your Captain Ahab stuff. I understand you're an actual competitive sailboat racer. Now, being in San Diego and home of the America's Cup, uh, that's near and dear to my heart. So we'll be back in two minutes with Aaron Moz from Moz Media. More LPO landing page optimization in just a moment. Rise links and web indexes. 
Take a bow to the largest link map in the world. Majestic SEO. Majestic SEO wields its virtual sort with speed and accuracy to deliver detailed reports of your company's link data and that of your competition. Let Majestic SEO make you your own king of internet marketers and join the crusade of clients and agencies that have chosen the noble choice for link intelligence. MajesticSEO.com Maximize ROI to use your time and let Majestic wield its Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is AuthorityLabs.com Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. How much time do you spend on SEO research and competitor analysis? What if we told you that there was an easier, faster way? Searchmetrics SEO software propels you to top positions on search engines around the world with our unique global search, social, and competitive data in over 60 countries. Gain a competitive advantage today with Searchmetrics.com. That's Searchmetrics.com. Your virtual webmaster frat house. Webmasterradio.fm. Hey, bring your togas. Webmasterradio.fm. Thanks for listening. Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. Welcome back to LPO, landing page optimization, only on Webmasterradio.fm. Here's Tim Ash. And we're back. This is your host, Tim Ash, for LPO, landing page optimization. Now, Aaron, before the break, uh, I had mentioned uh, your love of wind and water. Tell us about that. Well, I've been sailing competitively since I was five years old. Wow. <laughs> and uh, what kind of class of, of boats do you sail, and how often do you compete? Um, I, I compete almost every weekend during the summer and fall. Though, uh, being based in Philadelphia, there are limited options, so I go down to the Chesapeake, and where there isn't that much wind during the summer, but now is actually the peak racing season uh, in, in the Annapolis area. Well, I hear you can get a, kind of a heck of a tailwind if you get a superstorm coming through. Oh, yeah, yeah, Sandy, sure. Um, I was out there. No, I wasn't, actually. It was... Um, no, joking yeah. aside, I hope all the folks on the East Coast are recovering well. But what class of boats do you sail? And uh, okay, well, I'm going to be blunt. What's your record? <laughs> well, um, I'm usually crewing, but um, I've I've done five Newport to Bermuda races and six Annapolis to Newport races on a on a 42 foot boat with eight guys. Uh, wow, and how we were, long does it race take? Well, that's you know. Say, well, the, anyway. It takes uh, takes longer than I would like it to take. So we generally, I generally spend uh, five days straight in the open ocean with these guys with uh, without showering or brushing our teeth much. Oh but, boy, uh, you're just making it sound really, really appealing. Uh, but hey, if, if you're if you're a woman desperate to get a man, I think this is a perfect environment. Go crew on a boat with a bunch of unwashed dudes for five days. For five days. Sorry, I couldn't resist. 
Uh, all right. Well, well, back to our regularly scheduled programming. Um, so let's talk about um, kind of the. I'm sure that out of all of this research that you've seen uh, and the models that you've built, that some common themes themes have emerged. So even without kind of doing any of this stuff, but just to get people thinking, um, what are some things that you found to be you know, helpful content on a website, and uh, how much can it potentially impact uh, you know important downstream conversions? Um, helpful content on the site, uh, it sounds, um, maybe contrary to what you might think, but a phone number is, uh, is, is pretty basic. The only problem with that is that, um, putting a phone number on a, on a site is difficult to track because it, as soon as somebody picks up the phone to call you, then you don't know if that call came from the web or not. But, but my answer to that is 800 numbers are free. So you could have a, a – you only pay for the calls, so the 800 number. So you could have a unique 800 number just for your website. And that way you would, you would be able to track every call that came from the web versus other calls. Yeah, absolutely. We do that all, all the time with split and even multivariate testing where there's even a dedicated number for each version of the page that we're testing. So, yeah, like you say, they're pretty much disposable like Kleenex these days. Mm-hmm. So you Another, just route them to your main number, basically. Exactly. But you, but you track them along the way. Right, exactly. Another trend that I'm seeing that um, makes sense and, and is also working is what some people refer to as responsive design. So that's basically a website that can adjust its size based on your screen size, whether you're on a mobile phone or whether you're on a tablet or whether you're on a computer with a large monitor, it's the same site. It just adjusts to the size of the screen. Well, let's talk about that a little bit because um, to, to, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm a bit of a skeptic about this notion of responsive design. I mean, I think you should, of course, design a good experience for each, but it's not like you can just shrink something from a 30-inch monitor to smartphone size and still have a good experience. It's an editing Exercise. You have to decide what to keep and what to leave in, and what's relevant in that context, isn't it? So, what do you mean by responsive design? Well, I, I mean, I, I think you're right in 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 some respects. This responsive design technology is is relatively new, but uh, it, it it prevents you from having to build completely different experiences, which I think a testing guru like you would argue is absolutely essential. Um, but if you build a site in this in this way uh, with responsive design, there I mean you've got you've got potentially customers who are coming into the site with the iPad, but now the iPod Mini is out, so that's a different screen size, which might call for a different configuration or format of your site versus a monitor that's 36 inches wide. Okay, so you're saying to at least take understand uh, the platforms your site is being viewed on and make sure that you have a good experience on each of them. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, I'm not sure that this has completely been figured out yet. How do you design for multiple screens? Um, but it's becoming increasingly important because um, I think consumers are going more and more mobile with tablets and uh, smartphones and the laptops and uh, interactive TV. So um, it becomes increasingly important for businesses to think about how people are accessing your website and consuming your content and analytics can be used 
at the very least to identify whether people are using your site with diff, you know through different devices. Okay, and in terms of the actual analytics and tracking, do you have a preference for any particular platforms or what kind of tools do you guys use to to do that? We try not to recommend one uh, one platform over another. We try to be as agnostic as we can because most, 90% of all websites have something already. Um, but I do have to say that Google Analytics has come a long way in the past uh, two years and um, are definitely, at this point, I believe comparable to some of the more expensive paid analytics platforms. And the best part about Google is it's free. Yeah, that's true. Although they do offer kind of a dedicated, if you want it on your own servers, on your own network, um, a more enterprise version, as well as uh, there's a whole ecosystem of authorized consultants that can help you set it up too, right? So it's not just kind of a, here's your tool, go do something with it. Exactly, that's that's true. Uh, Google does not have a dedicated technical support team, um, but they do for their premium version of Google Analytics. Our firm actually is a certified Google Analytics consultant. Okay, great. Yeah, well, we used to play in that arena with uh, when the Google website optimizer was still around. We were one of the first, the charter authorized consultants for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I, and I know they have the, the big Google Analytics user group that runs in parallel with our conversion conference, and that draws hundreds of people from around the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty well-developed ecosystem. Okay, so if you had a, a closing thought, just one thing that uh, you know you would suggest that people go out and do tomorrow with regard to you know the things that we've been talking about, what would it be? I think <clears throat> the biggest piece of advice I can give is to ask, just ask questions a lot about why are people, at any business owner who builds a website and puts it out there, has a specific agenda. They want people to view their website and they want people to call. They want people to buy. But think about it from the point of view of the people who are on your site. What can they see? Why are, why are they interacting with your content? Why are they spending so much time on your site or not so much time? Ask yourself those questions and I think you'll be able to start to find some answers. Yeah, so, so I think there's a, this uh, merging of... Uh content development and analytics that the two need to kind of play hand in hand in order to support all stages of the decision-making process. Right, exactly. And it doesn't matter whether you have a 10-page website or a 1,000-page website. These are the sorts of questions you should be asking yourself. Well, terrific. If uh, folks want to reach out to you, Aaron, what's the best way for them to, to contact you? Will you be at any upcoming shows or conferences? Yep, um, we'll be at AdTech uh, in New York this week, um, and we'll be at eMetrics in San Francisco. I'm actually chairman of the Digital Analytics Association Awards for Excellence Gala, so you could meet us there, or you could find us online at mossmedia.com. No, I'll, I'll try to make it, but I'm afraid I don't have a tuck, so you guys get pretty fancy on uh, in your conference. So uh, thanks, Aaron, for being on the show. Uh, you guys have wasted a perfectly good half hour listening to us blab away. <laughs> Hopefully you got something out of it, and we'll see you next time on LPO, Landing Page Optimization.
This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.